Hi, this, this is Fred and Freddy, and this is the Keep Hush podcast. Should <laughs> so we just start yeah. recording? Yeah. You sound very Sounding like, mm. very like warm, very like something like like a waterfall of <laughs> of honey. Of what? Honey. No, it, w- it would have to be something like. That would be quite sticky. <laughs> still. <laughs> Sticky, sticky still. still. It would have to be like something. This sounds obviously very naughty, but like it would have to be warm. Okay. So honey's never warm. Mm, no. Uh, Who drinks? Oh man, you could drink it with. You can tea drink it with tea. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Okay. Why we this morning? You sound like tea and honey. Tea and honey. For a sore throat. Well, I've got one of those. So. There we go. There That's we you. Go. So I'm curing myself by being myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best thing. You're the cure and the poison. Wow. Aren't we all? Wow. To ourselves. That was beautiful. Mm. I don't know if it. I'm gonna. Just, I'm just gonna stop. Wow, one people. This is Yvonne Shellen, aka your girlfriend's boyfriend. <laughs> Perfect. You are listening to Keep Hush presents Green Print, where you will hear from the people who are at the forefront of change in dance music. On our first six episodes, I'm speaking to the women who are shaping the face of music and I am joined by some of the most inspirational, creative and brilliant women in the scene right now. I want to thank Taylor J and Traces for lending their banger Thief to soundtrack Greenprint. That song is out now on Lucy's Season 7 label. And I want to thank Nike for helping us put this all together. And with me now is Saint Ludo. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Zaga. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfectly timed as well. What a welcome. What, what a welcome. welcome. Quick intro to St. Ludo. Mm-hmm. She is the co-director of Femme Culture. Uh, Femme Culture is a London-based record label and collected founded in 2016. Born out of the desire to champion women in the arts and push forward thinking music. Founded by DJ and producer Elka mm-hmm. and amazing dj wickedest <laughs> wickedest <laughs> co-honcho ludo femme culture stands for inclusivity amongst all genders backgrounds and beliefs and actively promotes collaboration in all fields that is all very true it's all true that is all true i, I can i can vouch for myself i know it's true because i stole it directly from your website <laughs> <laughs> and you know what as you were saying it like, i oh. i knew it by heart man like i would literally knew what the next word was because also, to be fair, it's only two of us. Yeah. I mean, obviously, no, it's global network, but people w- working, work and the label is two of us. Yeah. So we tend to recycle all the marketing material. That's <laughs> definitely recycled. Like, I keep, I've used that for the past four years. Yeah. So I've heard it a lot of times. You pronounced it great. Like, you enunciated it. Like, I'm um, a good reader. You really are. Thank you. You really are. This is why earlier I said you sounded like Rick Rubin and Andrew Three. 3,000. Right, I have a problem with TH. Three I, stacks. I, I, I really, you know what? I used to get in trouble for saying free with an F instead of a TH. It's easier. It just makes it's sense. It's just easier. Like, if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. And yeah. So. Free YP. <laughs> As in, like, literally, free me. Why am I always oppressed? <laughs> it's, it seems to be happening a lot in the world, you know, for quite a few centuries, so... Let's not go there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Topics to avoid in the podcast. Politics, racism. Talk straight into it. Let, straight into it. <laughs> Let's talk about you mm-hmm. because you are the most important person here right now. Mm. I mean, it's only two of us. So. <laughs> well. Anyway. 
<laughs> you're just you're just ruining this for me. I'm trying to be a composed host. Okay, and... sorry. We're serious okay. now. So, what have you done? Like, what have you actually done? <laughs> well, <laughs> in the context of femme culture, <laughs> right? So, as you said, femme culture started in 2016. Yeah, I cannot take the credit of founding it. Um, the founder is Elka. Uh, big who, up Elka. Big up Elka, who is an incredibly talented artist, singer, songwriter, uh, producer, DJ. It's kind of it. That's a lot, of, a things. lot of things. That's what she does. And she started herself without me, Femme Culture in 2016, because she was coming from a more mainstream sort of background. She had been writing music for a very long time. But as she was trying to get into electronic music, she found a lot of obstacles in the way and she wasn't, you know, being taken very seriously by the people she was speaking with. Mm. And in a situation where she wasn't finding any doors opening to her, she did the correct thing to do and she opened the door for herself by creating it. Sick. So she started FM Culture in 2016 and then back in the day, I, which is now four years ago, crazy yeah. to think that, um, I was working for a great, great record label that is very much loved by anyone who sort of appreciates electronic music. And that record label has given me a lot of credibility because let's face it, association does work miracles. And at the time, four years ago, I was very young mm. and I didn't really have the experience yet because I was starting to work, so yeah. like fresh out of uni. So having worked in a record label gave me the credibility to then start collaborating with artists and start setting up my projects and sending even emails just being like, this is a side project, but what I do is, is this thing and people believe me, right? Yeah. So that's kind of what happened with Emma, aka Elka, who reached out to me because I was working on this label and I bought into Femme Culture straight away because she was like, listen, we're girls, we know about music, we love music, let's just do something cool and like, I don't know, hire our friends and sign our musician friends and all yeah. this type of stuff. And that's literally what happened. It wasn't, it was never like overly thought. It was never like Emma and I sat there just like, right, so how do we, how do we shift culture? Like, how do we, how do we empower women? It was just like, we're surrounded by great women. Let's just work with them. Yeah. It was literally that simple. And I think that was the beauty of the whole project. And I think in a way, that's also why it worked so well. Because of its organic Because of people, people, bought into it because we wasn't pushing it yeah if you know what i mean it yeah. was not in like an edgy way like we, we weren't trying. we weren't even trying we weren't even trying you know, but it like, was like we, we were running it like a family yeah we were signing our friends who we loved we were booking our friends we were getting them on our exhibitions our photographer is emma's girlfriend mm. um our producer is you know frankie from foundation yeah um the people who we signed were our best friends who we all learned to dj with yeah so it was great like it didn't it never felt non-authentic because it, it is our best friends and it is all these women that we're lucky to be surrounded with by in London. In London, there is so much fertility of women artists. That's not the right word, is it? <laughs> um, flourishing. Fertility. Listen, okay, in my defense, I have a thick American accent, but I'm Italian, so I'm excused to not know words and get them wrong because okay. I will get them wrong throughout the whole podcast. Okay, we'll let you off. Thank you. What would the word be? Flourishing. What was? What did you Sorry. say? There's a lot. Like of... that. Just like a. It's like we got to where we are now in 2020 because London is a very fertile environment for just discovering great talent, regardless of who they are, where they're from, what they look like, what they're into. It's just you know there is abundance of talent in London, and I am so lucky to have moved here and to find a job here because 
half of my journey is a, London. A job here, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like the trick is to move to a different country. Yeah. So that's. So what should it, I move to Bologna? Definitely not. <laughs> oh, do you know what? For what you're into, yeah. could work. Theater is huge in Bologna. Really? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Just write a play, move to Bologna. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll bring you next time. Okay. Thank you. Flights are cheap. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Well, I I still can't afford them. Food is great. That's I'll, true. Yeah. We'll figure it out after a podcast. <laughs> Planning 2020. Cool. Um, so beyond all of this, when do you think was kind of the the moment for you when you were like, oh, things have changed? So in a there's two ways to approach this this question. From an individual journey perspective. I got made redundant of my job. Mm, the one that gave you the connection. Exactly. So when that happened, I was like, <laughs> what, what happens now? <laughs> what, you know, does the side hustle become the main hustle? Do yeah. I change job? Do I go back to working for an agency? I'm a finance grad. I was like, should I actually pursue what I, stu what I studied? Mm. There was all these opportunities, possibilities. And luckily enough, I was surrounded by so many great people that no one let me not take the redundancy as an opportunity. Yeah. No one let me even doubt myself. No one, I was not given the time, the space, the, just the possibility of like bringing myself down or all the stuff that had happened so far. So the breaking point from a Luda perspective was being made redundant forced me to become the person I am now. Yeah. Um, from a femme culture standpoint, obviously me having more time to work on femme culture made you know, a significant, significant impact. Um, and I mean, this is quite an obvious answer, but also as Elka increasingly got more recognition and as the EPs that we were releasing, like Ewa, were doing well, people started clocking what we was doing. And there was also someone to answer emails at that point because I had been made <laughs> redundant. So I think, I, I think it's like, discover this new word, which I love, which is serendipity. Oh, yeah. We don't Great have it in word. Italian. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. There's no way to describe when, it. When things perfectly align themselves. That was it. It was, Elka was making great music. I I have to give myself credit for not, you know, like taking it, taking redundancy as an opportunity as opposed to, you know, going back to Italy or, yeah. I don't know, sort of. Tail between your legs. Yeah. And everything kind of happened the right time in the right way for which we were all forced to do great mm. um, for money matters too. Like it had to work because if not, I would have had to get another job yeah. that then would have taken me away again from femme culture. Um, so the learning here is there is so much strength in the sort of color that you give to an experience. Yeah, There is so much strength in deciding how you're going to feel about a specific occurrence. Yeah. If I hadn't been surrounded by great people who, again, helped me be that person, because obviously I was freaked out. Mm. I was like, I haven't pursued a career in finance and I worked in music and then I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a great moment in my life. Yeah. So, yeah, it could have, it could have, it could have, been a horrible thing in my life, but it became the best thing in my life. Yeah, because you had good people around you that kept Facts. You. There's no way yeah. I would have had that mentality if I had been alone. Absolutely no way. Because there were people who were like, right, if you got to leave your flat, 
sleep at mine three months. Cool. The next three months you sleep at Alicia's. Like yeah. my friends had a rotation. Wow. Figured out for me. And it didn't even ever get to that point. Yeah. Because between Femme Culture, Key Push, DJ gigs, I do a lot of freelance work and marketing and stuff. Yeah. It it still worked out because also there's so much power in need yes. as well. So much power in need and like not literal literal. <laughs> literal. Literal. <laughs> there is power in necessity if you need something. It's going to reword the whole thing. <laughs> the whole Just change the sentence. <laughs> There's a lot of power in necessity. Yeah. If you need something, you're going to make it happen. That's true. And um, I guess, was it around this time that you collaborated with the UN? Actually, no. Okay. The UN, weirdly, was one of the first projects we ever came up with. Okay. And I was still employed by the record label. Mm. And I would, if they're listening, awkward, I would <laughs> <laughs> go on one-hour lunch breaks, which no one, no one would do that at work. Mm. But I would literally go out of the office for one hour and have daily calls with Elka. And during one of these daily calls, I remember seeing, don't remember her name, Hermione from Harry Potter. Oh, Emma Watson. Yes. She's an ambassador for the He for She campaign for the UN. Yeah. I love Harry Potter, so I follow all of them on Instagram. And I saw that she was doing this talk in uh, South Bank for the He for She campaign, which is about obviously normalizing. Well, no, actually it started, it's more, it's not based um, like how we would uh, around sort of like filling the gender pay gap. This yeah. is more about human rights. It's quite wider, sort of more in-depth campaign. And I was reading about it and I was like, this is really cool. How can we do something from a music perspective? We literally found an email for the UN. There was an email for the UN women. Yeah. Obviously the UK um, sort of branch. account branch. Yeah. yeah. We emailed, said, hey, we're a record label. We're called Femme Culture. It's two of us. This is what we do. We have great taste in music. Don't really have much money but we want to help. We can do a workshop. We can do da 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 offered a bunch of things. And then the one that they ticked was the one of putting together a compilation for them. Okay. And, and then since then, we've done a compilation with them every year. Wow. We're doing one very soon. So in April, there's going to be the fourth one coming out. Plug, plug, plug. Exactly. <laughs> um, it's very exciting. Uh, and the beautiful thing about this was that the people, so how it would work was that Emma and I would compile a list of artists that we think would have been interested in working on this campaign to contribute a track that would go into this compilation, would be sold, who, which would be sold um, with 100% of the revenues donated back to the UN, mm. specifically the He for She charity. Because people bought into the campaign, we had insane artists donate yeah. tracks. Wow. And it was mind blowing because then there's me and Emma, like, just like, bah, 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 let me send an email to like AFIX Twin. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he never said yes, but also I don't think we actually were, like ever emailed him, but it was like people of like incredible caliber and we were just emailing them and people would just be like, yeah, like, this sounds great. Of course. And we were just like, is this really happening? Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was so, like, it is so fulfilling in so many ways. We're doing something that every year we're making bags from this compilation that are directly donated to the UN. Yeah. There is no way we would be able to donate thousands of pounds to charity and it's all made possible because there's artists around the world who believe in in this cause em and i were living our best lives doing this compilation because we this is easily our favorite project to work on yeah and and it's it's just worked out for everyone 
it's it's just such a good way of also like perceiving like doing good as in it, it kind of is rewarding to you as a person as well. Yeah. I don't know if this is selfish or, or not, but doing charity feels good as well. Like doing these type, this type of cap, this campaign mm. is our favorite. We love it. And I think there is a selfish edge to that is like feeling good about doing good. But yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it sounds amazing. I mean, it would be weird if you didn't feel good about doing good things. Was that you? Was that you? Was that your throat? What? That was that was weird. That was really. No, that, that sounded like the little creatures from what's that TV show? Super creepy, super great. Stranger Things. Oh, you know the little like the critters when they're not huge monsters. I haven't watched. Stranger oh man, Things. so good. The soundtrack as well. Everyone keeps telling me that I need to watch oh, it. Oh, really creepy. I yeah. find it quite scary. Well, I mean, it's, it is kind of a horror, isn't it? Well. See, I thought it was just like just banal, like sci- <laughs> lol. <laughs> it's kind of drama, but it's kind of comedy. Yeah. No, I thought it was like sci-fi. Yeah. Anyway. A- anyway. Anyway. Back to back to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so beyond being a DJ mm-hmm. and a co-founder, mm-hmm. you also were a manager. Yes. For a while, mm-hmm. can you talk about that kind of? Yep. Um, management. What an interesting doomed job (laughs) (laughs) management right okay so we are assuming that who is listening to that this podcast is someone who is of any age but is maybe seeking inspiration or guidance or some sort of guideline to pursue a career in music or creative arts yeah when i started managing i didn't want to manage i had friends ask me to manage them because i am a sick guy. No, I am a highly <laughs> organized person because I'm slightly OCD. Okay. No, I'm heavily OCD, but luckily it stops before it becomes something that's like on a spectrum. Yeah. I've Googled it a lot because oh. I wanted to see it's like self-diagnosed, right? Um, Dr. Google. <laughs> <laughs> turns out actually, I'm not going to go into that. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine, very talented musicians asked me throughout the years to be their manager and it's been it's been rapper it's been yeah uh, an artist who yeah can be defended as a rapper uh, electronic producers singers and a lot of it also was because at the time I was working the record label as well yeah. so people thought I was a plug which is really funny because we all need to stop thinking that if someone works at a record label yeah they're gonna like it means that you're gonna eventually exactly um, but yeah so a lot of people were reaching out for me to manage them. And I thought it was a great opportunity. It was a great new skill to learn. Like the idea of it. And it has been one of the most interesting, painful, rewarding journeys of my life. It's everything. Management is such a chaos. Mm. It's, I would, if someone is thinking of starting a career in management, I would, it's, it is a great experience. You can really change someone's life. I would recommend for people to have their backs covered yeah, in some way, shape or form, whether it's a contract, whether it's being hired by an agency, if you're at that level. If you're not at that level, FYI, practical tip, I did not know this. If you have an agreement via email for under the common law, it is already binding. Okay. Did you know that? I did not know that. Crazy. So, so if someone, if someone agrees- emails you to book you, 
or whatever. Yeah, and they say they're going to pay you this for this amount. Yeah. It's it's binding. Okay. This it kind it's it's in absence of a formal contract, it yes. counts as a proof. It counts as binding. Okay. Mind blowing. Because back in the day when I first started managing Elka, so one of the people I managed was Elka. We were Elka and I were discussing contracting. We're just like, oh, but we can't really afford them. Like, how is this going to work? So we reached out to lawyers to see how we could both we could get a contract signed, so everyone was safe. Mm. Um, but we couldn't. Aff- yeah, contracts are really expensive. But the lawyer who is this really kind guy said, you know what, at this level, at this stage, you don't really need a real contract. Just draft it out in an email, send send it to your artist, get your artist to answer. And then that kind of sorts you two out. To me, it was like mind blowing. Um, and it's it's a great journey. Management is great. You do you are exposed to so many different areas of work. You, you know, you do A and R, you work in studio, you work on publicity, on marketing, social media, creative direction. You are literally the mind, well, the campaign mind of yeah. the artist. But it is <laughs> so much work, which is fine, but it has an emotional level to it that you definitely need to be ready for. Yeah. It is not like working in any other, I think, field of life. Because technically you are responsible for a person's life. Mm. So it has an intensity to it that I don't think can be matched in any other job. I'm not even, okay, this is such an exaggeration, but it's kind of like being in a way like metaphorically like a doctor. It's someone's life. You're If you're a bad manager, you're screwing someone's career over. Yeah. And that's not something, they're not going to get that time back ever again. True. So it is a very intense job. I think I had a great time doing it. I am not a manager anymore for a variety of reasons. Um Kind of glad I'm not, <laughs> if I'm totally honest. But it is definitely the most um, insightful. Can you say that? Yeah. It is. It if you have managed an artist for like say five years, you can do any job in music afterwards. That's a fact because you've you've dabbled in everything. Yeah. So recommend it, but be safe, guys. Be safe. Look after yourself. Mm-hmm. And um. You kind of mentioned your proactivity and your organizational skills. Do you think those are kind of the things that have helped you to become who you are? A hundred percent. I think, I think I've always been quite, quite confused about why I really decided to get a degree in finance. For banner. For banner was like, yeah, numbers, (laughs) rational. I I like (laughs) rational stuff. I like objective stuff. Numbers. I like money. Numbers. Numbers. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm from what is that Essex? No. Yeah, Cockney. Cockney. Yeah. Numbers. Yeah. Numbers. That sounds, yeah. That sounds well good. Yeah. That's oh, that's great. I wish I could do accents. <laughs> sounds good. Yeah. No, that was terrible. No, that was awful. Anyway, don't do that again. Um, I've always wondered why I got the degree, how it was gonna be of any use in my life, and then it turns out it was because I think, and I could be totally wrong, that I've I'm at a stable, let's say, point of my life because. I've been able to give a structure quite rigid at time, at the same time flexible, because that's you need to find a compromise between the two, um, to give myself and the people I was working with deadlines and, you know, a sort of process of like ways of working and um, writing briefs and all this type of stuff. I think having a structure, having like a sort of blueprint, ooh, a green print. Oy. A green print to what you do is absolutely key. There is so much 
value in being an explosive creative genius but if there is no strategy to it if there's no process in place if you write 75 tracks and then they're just there and you don't you don't do anything about it or you don't like it's like anything else in life it requires thought it requires a process it requires step one two to 30 and having those skills as an artist as well you cannot assume that your man is going to do all this stuff for you. Yeah. You you as an artist do not come to and complain on social media to me if we're friends anywhere. You need to have that training. Yeah. You need to put yourself and this is not formal training. This is internal training. You decide that you're going to give yourself this training. You need to have it because if not A you're going to get f-ed over. B you're not going to expect deadlines and people will not want to work with you. 3 it's just gonna feel good to just be you able say, to achieve you your say own. Say A B three. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it rhymes though. Okay. A B three. All right, I'll let you off. Three. It will feel so good to be able to give yourself a plan, and respect it, and see the outcomes of it. Having a structure, great. It is great. It's Look great. at the manager. <laughs> you're just you're such great. a manager. Oh my goodness. Um. Obviously. Fem culture are doing a lot. Um, you're doing a lot. Mm-hmm. How do you feel you're changing the scene in dance music right now? I think fem culture were one of the collectives, many luckily collectives in London, that kickstarted a sort of change. So that we're like booking lineups of only women, um, which then we shifted into. Like now we wouldn't book necessarily just a lineup of only women. Now we try to like express this change by making it equal mm. as opposed to making it exclusive. Um, but I think femme culture, yeah, like many other collectives, um, you know, we've started booking people and signing women or women identifying artists. And it, it was one of the many projects that created this global sort of awareness. Yeah. So we cannot take any pride in, in saying that femme culture has done by itself like these amazing things but femme culture was one of the many 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 little pieces of a puzzle that then created 2020 as we know it yeah you know because again like the first few releases that we put out that's actually a lie we oh no we have we put out 99 percent music by females we have one single from an artist who is male from France, Jim Casanova. Hold tight, Jim. He's sick. Um, yeah, with the compilation, we are very careful with making sure we curate it in a way for which it's geographically varied, um, music genre-wise, that it kind of covers all bases of what we're interested in. And also in the sort of um, gender spectrum conversation, we make sure that it's covered throughout because um, that's where representation is. We're not trying to be exclusive with film culture. We're trying to put everyone on the same level, on the same, yeah. you know, like playing field. Is that how you say it? Playing field? Yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I think power is in numbers. Power is in collaboration, which is in the bio that you read out earlier. I did read that. So, you know, like us and, you know, um, born and bred and disc woman. Babes. Babes, foundation, it's not, we're not individually making a change. Altogether, we're, I mean, we are, but altogether, it's way stronger. There's a conversation that, you know, there's a narrative that is like throughout the country and throughout the world. Because, you know, we speak to our 20 friends, you speak to your 20 friends, and then you, actually, this is not even multiplying, this is squared. Yeah. Because the increase is... Exponential. 
and it's so beautiful. So I think the change that we're doing wouldn't exist without all the other great collectives that are doing the same in, you know, their community or country or whatever it is. That's so beautiful. I think so that too. Was, that yeah, came out so that was good. Great. Like that was amazing. And I didn't even mean it like in a soppy. I wasn't even trying. Like I actually mean it. She has no notes. <laughs> that was straight off the dome. Oh man. <laughs> I love this. Man, hold tight all of us. Hold I'm so everyone. happy right now. If you want to ease a human suffering, please listen closely. Every year, hundreds of MCs go without a reload. This is MC Shaker. Well gone people, what are you saying? This MC Shaker on the mic, what you know about me, cuz. He's an MC. Every key posh, he jumps on the set, but he cannot buy a reload. He goes home dejected, unaccomplished, washed. For just two pounds a month, you can sponsor a struggling MC and pull his confidence Buddha back back. Call 0800 pull up and change your life for just two pounds a month. This message was paid for by the Fingers to the Sky Foundation. Um, just like to say a quick thank you to our sponsors for the ad break. <laughs> Now we're back. I want to talk to Ludo, Ludo about DJing. Um, you're an amazing DJ. You play. Thank you. Rap. <laughs> you can tell why has come to many, many of my gigs. I actually have come to so many. Like I actually have. So don't you me. have, you have, you have. Um, I remember the first time I met you actually was a Keep Hush. You play a Keep Hush in Brixton, Pop Brixton. I have no recollection of that. Do you not? No. Well, you did. We had a key push of Pop Brixton. Yeah, and you played it. And I played it? You played it. <laughs> <laughs> How do you not remember that? I Was it good? Yeah, it was good. It was really good. It was amazing. He's playing Sick. like drill, trap. Really? Yeah. Sick. How Hold tight, St. Ludo. <laughs> Best DJ. Bow, 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 bow. Perfect. Can, can we talk about you learning to DJ and um, things that you've learned from DJing and mm -hmm. things that you wish you'd known beforehand mm -hmm. well i kind of touched base on this earlier but i kind of want to underline again this topic well djing what there's one thing that i feel so strongly about because that's how it, i started my career and in a way a bit dodgy but it works so i really want to share this piece of knowledge when i first started djing i had a controller at home and i was djing at home and i was djing at friends house parties didn't really know what I was doing, kind I mean, it, it kind of sounded fine, but, you know, it was very early days. And at the time, I sound like such an older person, um, also considering we're talking about like four years, no, three years ago, but there wasn't, pirate didn't exist. Yeah. So you couldn't go and play on real equipment. Um, we had a thing called Radar Radio where you could go <laughs> and play on their equipment. <laughs> uh, but there was no pirate studio. So the options weren't that many of like trying out real pioneer 2000s, right? Mm. So what I did, which is what I highly recommend to everyone, which is again, slightly dodgy, could also not work great, but I think it, it would. What I did was when I got my first booking, I pretended it was a sick DJ. Oh, that's exactly what I did. Right? I had, listen, YV, I had never seen decks before, real ones. Wow. Real ones. So I pulled up to the, to the gig with no playlist, like 5,000 tracks in the folder. Love it. On a USB. Didn't put it through record box. Oh, mistake. Bro, of course, I had no one. I didn't have people to ask to. Yeah. Because I, I, I had, weirdly, now I'm surrounded by DJs, but three years ago, four years, three years ago, 20, yeah. 
I was surrounded by music people, but no DJs apparently. Or maybe we were all learning at the time. Okay. Which would make sense because, like, early, yeah, kind of like imagine something. That's like when that. I learned to DJ. Yeah, to exactly. Fair, so. um, pulled up to the gig. It was fine because people in the crowd were mainly our friends, so they could not care less about clangs or like whatever. They were just like, yeah, you're teaching. Whoa. What? But I like sweat throughout the set. Still sweating about that. Oh, man. Even the thought right now, like, whew, getting a little bit warm. There's a patch on your armpit. Is there actually? No. Oh, wait, <laughs> <laughs> This is the problem having a host that's your friend. It just gets like really comfortable and really like silly. Anyway, I just blacked the whole set and it was terrible probably. Mm. No, I remember it being terrible. Also, I couldn't keep, I couldn't load up tracks. I didn't really know what- it takes so long to load. If yeah, but also box. like I physically didn't know how to lo like load tracks. Oh. I had never seen decks before. And luckily in like within- 10, 20 minutes, I kind of like started to understand how it worked because it is quite similar to a controller yeah. once you know what is what. But yeah, so I highly see even, right, you said the same. Would you recommend that approach to any skill? You you have like, you have to fake it till you make it to an extent. Obviously, yeah. you have to have the intention of growing. Of you can't just keep faking it yeah, for the of rest course. of your life. But um, I remember the first time I ever DJed, um, I DJed at this club called Visions. Um, back Your when, first time was at Visions? Back when Visions was good. And Aww. I emailed them and I was like, I'm the best DJ in South London. And they and believed it. They fully believed it. And I played them. And how was the gig? I was actually kind of good. No offense. Was you actually? Yeah, <laughs> Straight away. I'm one of those people who's like a really quick learner. I don't like you anymore. I'm sorry, but yeah, mine was disastrous. Yeah. But actually, no I also had used record box, to be fair. Okay. That is an advantage. Yeah, that is like a massive advantage because you have all of the BPMs, everything. Back in the day, this was so long ago again, not so long ago, but three years ago, but this tells you how much changes in three years. I tweeted a video from that night and it was, I played Buster Cannon by AJ Tracy and he was so small at that point that he posted it on his Instagram. Mad. And I was just like, I'm on AJ Tracy's Instagram because he was like, in three years, like three years ago, he was still posting people just being like, oh, my track is being played. Yeah. So, Look at him now. Crazy. Crazy how things change in three years. Anyway. I, yeah, I met AJ Tracy four years ago. He's sound, ago. isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty, yeah, he's a lovely man. He's um, a giant also. That's the only yeah, thing man, I saw. He's mad tall. I saw him on a, pot, on a rep podcast um, panel. Yeah. He was a giant man. Tall. I remember me, I saw him at Outlook and he was so humble. He was so he humble. He seems like a sound guy. He's like, yeah. Like, yeah I think hold tight, AJ. Hold tight, AJ Tracy. That book grows finest. Are you from Labrador Grove? No. Oh, I thought you were saying like a sort of like... That's who he is. I'm not from yeah. that. Well, I thought maybe you're from West too. I've got friends from Grove. No, I can't be from West. Okay. From South. Okay. Yeah. Being from, being from West is a bit... Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> who else is from West? I don't care. <laughs> is there literally anyone else from West? Um, Think MC is older new generation. No one. No, there must be people from West. It's going to be like someone super random like Bashy. Big Zoo. Like Big Zoo's from West. Oh, that's that's why they're friends. Yeah. Okay, so maybe all them lot. So like Dave, all Dave, that no, crew. Dave's, no. Dave's from Stratton. Oh, of course, the track. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 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 This is the moment where we realize Luda knows nothing about music. <laughs> <laughs> um, still blagging it. This <laughs> still faking it. Still faking but it. But making it though. Exactly. But making it. I'm on a podcast. Like mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. I don't think my mom's gonna listen to this. Should I send it to my mom? 
totally. Yeah. This is the moment where they believe that what we're doing for a living is a real job. A real thing. We're going to be on a podcast yeah. sponsored by Keepush and Nike. Yeah. On real distribution platforms. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man's going to be on Apple Music and that. Hey, shout out to everyone listening listen on, on Apple Podcasts. Shout out everyone listening on Spotify. Hold on. No, <laughs> Is it going to be on Audible? What's Audible? Technically. Is, is that, what is, isn't what Audible, is Audible? Is that the book one? Yeah. It's okay. Why do you sound like that, right? Is that the book one, yeah? Is that the book one? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be everywhere. Okay. It's going to be everywhere. Shout out to everyone listening everywhere. You're yeah. sick. Um. <laughs> shout out to Mumsy. Shouts, Mumsy. Shouts, all the relatives listening. Stormzy's and why these Mumsy's too? Because at the time of this I'm being recorded, I'm not involved. I'm not involved in that nonsense. I'm the king of grime. Okay. <laughs> Listen, you you've heard it first. YV is the real I'm, king of I'm grime. I'm the actual king of grime, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and I'll say it over a grime beat as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Ludo, could you do me a favor mm-hmm. and name your three next gen girls that Bro. you'd like to shine a light on? Nowhere's gonna be three. <laughs> as many as you want. Right. I've got, I still got like two minutes, right. Oh, damn. I could keep it at three. There are so many women in so many fields that I find so inspiring. The fact that, you know, there was obviously historically jobs that were maybe more male oriented. And now there's like, we're just doing everything. Because 2020, gang gang. There is, there's like, I have to shout Frankie. Because obviously Frankie. she's on, she's on the podcast She's on too. the podcast. But I have to, she started a freaking radio station. Wait, Foundation are we allowed to say that? Or is it like, yeah, is fine. it every week they find out or do they just get a... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Frankie's Shots on Frankie the podcast. From Foundation. She might, it might have been before this one. She might be after. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Listen, shouts. Tiffany Calver, super young, killing the BBC, amazing DJ. Big up, Tiffany. Big up, Tiffany. Rifke, like, sadlier. I probably said her last name wrong. She does. She's an incredible designer coder like a creative coder she's got a platform for other women in coding um henry from rep killing it just taking over the bbc for christmas yeah come on jasmine sarah incredible illustrator just on a massive campaign for a sports brand come on and like a beauty brand actually we were hired together by nike in store for a young women um workshop very cute Cute. There are just so many inspiring people that are killing it in so many different fields. We're just branching out to everything. And I think it's personally so inspiring to watch because there are industries that are more welcoming to women mm. and where the gender pay gap is also smaller. But right now we're just, we're just doing it all. We're everything. just Casey. Wait, I, there's so many girls that are coming to mind. Casey from Glasgow. She has basically a monopoly over the rap scene in Scotland. Yeah. She's an incredibly talented producer, kindest woman to have lived. Like, I'm just so inspired. Wherever I look, there's women who are taken over with kindness. There's so many fields. It. Yep. You love Could to go see on it. forever. That was a bit like um have you seen that Lenny Henry um award um receptance? award acceptance speech where he just says like everyone's names in the industry like literally and everyone's list. everyone's names <laughs> and he does it for like five minutes and everyone's just like yo okay. Lenny like can you, can you stop like, can we move but move no on. we love to see it we love to see it that was great we're coming towards the end yeah I want to ask my final question mm. what keeps you going what motivates you daily bruh Money. <laughs> I need to eat. Let me be real, y'all. I need to eat. Um, what motivates me daily? 
is the fact that what we're doing has been proven to be possible. What we're doing, I am living off this career. There are millions of other women around the world. And actually, you know what? Right now, let's keep it about humans. There are humans around the world everywhere that are pursuing their careers, their dreams, or, you know, they're doing what they thought was going to be their life and what they dreamed for it to be. And it's possible. So I feel like if I didn't fulfill my ambitions, it would be unfair on me and so many other people because it's proven that it's possible. Mm. It's proven that what we want to do can be fulfilling financially, emotionally, um, environmentally, community-wise. So I think literally the, the, the fact that what we want can be achieved keeps me going because it's not technically a dream. It's a concrete goal. The fact that it's possible makes me gas every day. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're beautiful. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I was sweating already before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Well, that was that. Yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. You think it was insightful? In. I learned a lot. Okay. And I hope that the people at home learned a lot. Good. Makes me happy. If you want to chat at YVshells underscore. There's no underscore. I thought there was an underscore. It's just at YV. It's, do you think there's, there's another YV Shells in the world? That's a good point. <laughs> if you want to chat at YVshells on every platform. Every single one of them. If you want to chat to me, at Saint Ludo, L-E-D-O, but with two O's, because apparently there's another Saint Ludo. Really? So I'm Saint Ludo. Ludo? I don't know who that, who who is called Saint Ludo. The other Saint Ludo. And also don't call me Saint Ludo, because that's obviously not my real name. Just call me Ludo, please. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ludo, um, for joining me today. You guys have been listening to Green Print from Keep Hush, the wickedest podcast online. Thanks again tonight for helping us put this together. And thank you guys for listening. Make sure you keep an eye out for the next one. Bow. My name is YV Shells, a.k.a. Yvonne Shelling, a.k.a. Shellen DeGeneres, <laughs> a.k.a. Shelly Furtado, a.k.a. your best friend's best friend. Goodbye. <laughs>